Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 97 of our 120-day Upper Room prayer campaign. And today we're going to pray for the generations to come as we seek to live a life of legacy. I've mentioned in previous podcasts about the desperate need for evangelism in our nations because of the great decline and falling away from the faith that we see 10% in every generation to the point that within the next one to two generations, Christianity will not exist in this nation if God doesn't move, doesn't step in to demonstrate and prove who he is to these people, but he needs us to be willing to live selflessly and humbly to be used in this manner, to be intercessors, to be willing to cry out, to stand in the gap, to lay our life down, all of our vainglory, our ambitions, our careers, the positions that we seek, the living for self and for here and for now, we've got to lay it down that we might leave a legacy and live for the generations that are coming after us. My husband made a very true and very shaking point in his sermon this Sunday. He made the statement that we might think that this nation could never become socialist or communist or fascist or a dictatorship. But what we don't see are the things that are being pushed on the next generation that they're getting every day through social engineering and education. And when this generation dies and that one rises up, all will be lost. Because while those in the church were so busy trying to build their own kingdom right here and right now, the enemy was working more strategically on the generations. So today we want to talk about living a life of legacy, not living for me or being so focused on what I can build that I can step into in my lifetime that I might get some glory or some pleasure or some comfort or some fame or a name out of it. But what can I stand in faith on that I might be counted a friend of God, that he might speak blessings on me and my seed and the generations that are coming after me? How can I live a life of such faith and integrity that it leaves a lasting impression on the generations that are coming up after me? Because this is the principle that we see laid out throughout scripture. God blessed faithful Abraham and his generations. But we also see the other side of it in that because of disobedience and rebellion, a curse was placed on Eli and his generations, what we do in our life, every decision that we make will affect someone and most of all, our loved ones. 
Today I'm speaking to parents, but not just to parents, because the Bible says that those who do not have children actually have more children than those who have biological children, because we all influence somebody. And when we don't have biological children, it often frees us up to have more time to do things in the scene and in ministry that little eyes are watching. So this applies to everyone that we should all be living to build up the next generation and to prepare them to walk in greatness greater than where we've been. Because let me tell you something, biblically, every generation doubled what the generation before them did. If the generation before them was blessed, then they walked in greater blessing. They walked in greater anointing. They walked in a greater outpouring. But if the generation before them was wicked and vile and destitute and disobedient, then the generation after them only increased in it. So parents, I'm here to tell you today that your ceiling will be your children's floor. How high you are willing to go, what you are willing to endure, how you are willing to demonstrate and portray your faith in your Lord and the power of his might, how much you accomplish spiritually in your life will be where they start. So for me personally, I want to climb as high as I possibly can because I want to give them a good platform where they begin so that they can climb higher than I ever thought possible so that their children could do things that we haven't seen since the Acts of the Apostles. We're going to pray today for faith and for wisdom to live this legacy And we're going to pray to break the generational curses that have come from those who have not walked in obedience. But first, I want to read you a few scriptures and passages so that you can see that I'm not just saying these things, but this is a biblical principle that we need to grab hold of and live daily. In Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9, it says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God. The faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keepeth his commandments to a thousand generations. We can see that this principle was laid out from the very beginning when we look at the descendants of both Cain and of Seth, Seth being the righteous, obedient son of Adam and Eve and his generations did great and mighty things. But we can see that seed of wickedness that prevailed through the generations of Cain until they were wiped out because of the wickedness that was let in by the sin of their father. What your children see you doing, they will walk in it because that you have introduced it they will make excuses for it you see my grandfather he was a righteous man he was a man of great integrity and humility and so the enemy could never lie to me all of my life when temptation would arise there was no doubt in me there was no lack of faith that the power of God's grace could overcome this thing and there was no excuse for me to walk in it because I had seen it demonstrated in his life I had seen the light I knew the truth that my God was able to get me through this but I saw in my friends all around me this lie that the enemy had put in their ear that they would have to sin that they would just fall to it that it's just who they were that all of their friends did it that it was not possible to overcome so they should just submit to it and they didn't even fight they didn't walk in the power 
of our Christ because they didn't have a demonstration to break the lie because there was no one in their life willing to be that living sacrifice. And I am where I am today, not because of who I am, but because of the power of my Christ and the faith that I have in it, because that I saw it demonstrated. I saw my grandfather and my father live it. And so we need to determine that if we do not have that in our family, we need to be willing to be the one that will live selflessly, that will help others to see that the enemy is a liar. This is why the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, because we have to be the demonstration of the power of the blood of Jesus to prove to others that it's not just words on paper, that it's not just a story, but it is history. It is truth. It is reality if you believe and they will not believe unless they see it demonstrate it so I choose to let them see it through me no matter what it costs I'm willing to fight and to sacrifice and to trust my Christ to leave someone a legacy we see in scripture that Noah's kids were blessed and even delivered from judgment Not because of their own righteousness, but because of Noah's. Your faithfulness and obedience can be the key to God's favor on your family. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 21, it says, Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. And in Genesis chapter 9, we see, That because of the sin of Ham, his generations were cursed because that he had allowed the enemy in, that spirit remained in his bloodline, influencing them. And that every generation after him only became more and more wicked. In Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge... I also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest unto me, seeing thou hast forgot the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. We've got to face facts today that our actions affect more than us, that because of obedience or disobedience, blessings or cursings can come upon our lineage. We see that because of Sarah and Abraham's faithfulness, because of their obedience, because of their selfless sacrificial love and compassion, because that they were counted a friend of God, they were blessed in their lifetimes. But the greater blessing came to their generations, to their lineage. They left a great legacy and for many generations their seed reaped the rewards of it. You see, my friend, we mentioned Ham a little earlier and how his sin allowed judgment to come upon his children because that it made them complacent with wickedness and they accepted it and they lived in it and they multiplied it generation after generation so that the curse that was given. And let me explain something about a curse. He wasn't making something wicked happen to his children. He was only telling them the outcome 
the consequences of his decisions. He was letting him know because you have chosen to trust in the voice of the enemy, this is where it will end. This is what it's going to lead up to. This is what it's going to do to you and your generations. And so we see this played out in that what was spoken that day was that the descendants of Ham would end up becoming the servants of the descendants of Shem, his brother. We see this fulfilled because Abraham's descendants were the children of Shem. And the children of Shem, the Israelites, ended up coming into the land of Canaan, which were the descendants of Ham, and overtaking it. And so we see this exemplified in Proverbs 13, 22, when it says, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. So if you find yourself to be greatly blessed or favored of the Lord, or he is using you for great and mighty things, then I want to say to you, don't be arrogant. Your favor and blessings might have a lot less to do with you than with your parents and grandparents. Because God honors his promises generationally to those who are selfless enough to live for the bigger story that God is weaving together for his greater glory. And there may be a promise that God gave to your parents or grandparents because of their faithfulness to pray, to cry out for revival and for souls and for the loss, to sacrifice, to give up, to stand in a position that God had called them to, to pick up their cross, to lay down their own will and desire. They were willing to be obedient and because of it, God gave them a promise for them and for their seed. And you might be stepping into that promise and the enemy might get in your ear and want you to believe that it's because of your greatness. But my friend, you need to be thankful to God in heaven and for those who came before you who were willing to lay the path that is about to be opened to you. I love the testimony that evangelist Nathan Morris often gives when God had used him so mightily in healing evangelism. And he made the statement many times that God spoke to him and said, Son, what I'm doing in your life has nothing to do with you. It's because of the prayers of your father, because that his father had prayed all of his life so faithfully and so fervently for revival. God answered his prayer and brought it through his son. His son had run. His son had rebelled. But God reached out and pulled him back and shook him and put his feet back on the path because he had made a promise to a friend and he was going to keep it. It's time that we determine to be a good friend to God, to build that relationship that will cause blessings and favor and provision to fall on more than us. We need to get vision for the big story that God is weaving together in these last days. I want to live a life of legacy that is about the generations. It's not about me. It's not about my kingdom. It's not about my platform. It's about raising up sons and daughters of the Lord to follow his spirit and to go forth and bring him glory and do the greater works to be part of his story. Because the problem is we're so worried about making our own story so that people can hear about us, that we're writing ourselves right out of the greatest story. God's story, his story, history. My friend, I want to remind you today that the favor you've experienced 
might just be the reward of the faithfulness of those who came before you. So never walk in arrogance. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 37 says, And because he loved thy fathers, therefore he chose their seed after them and brought thee out in his sight with his mighty power out of Egypt and drove out nations from before thee greater and mightier than thou art to bring thee in to give thee their land for an inheritance as it is this day. Grab hold of what I am saying. Parents, stick it out in faith so that your kids will be blessed. We might not see anything for it. Let me tell you something. Moses suffered and sacrificed. The Bible says that he counted the sufferings of Christ of greater value than all of the treasures of this world. He could have been the next Pharaoh. He could have had all the riches. He could have had all the attention. He could have had the platform and the notoriety and the respect. Instead, he gave it all up to lead a rebellious people who many times tried to kill him and did nothing but mock and ridicule and come against him. He suffered and sacrificed to lead them through a wilderness into a promised land that he himself could not enter in. In this life, he got nothing for it. He didn't get anything out of it. He didn't get the promise. He handed it to the next generation. Joshua entered in. He spent his whole life building a platform for the next generation. He got his reward and glory. And here we are still telling his story because he was faithful to live selflessly. The Bible says that he was the meekest man in all the earth. This is the character that we need to cultivate and live with. That even if we get no glory for it, even if we don't get the stage, even if we don't get our name known or seen in light, even if our kingdom isn't built even if we get no physical reward we are willing to sacrifice and press forward to bring the next generation into promise and to set up the joshua's parents ministers elders of the living god we need to set our sights on raising up a joshua generation we need to raise up a people who can go in and possess the land that we have been given because we can lead them to it and we can even fight some fights but we need a people that when we pass on they're gonna be able to possess what they have been given and that's what we're lacking in this nation when this generation is gone the next generation cannot possess the land anymore unless something happens unless we stop trying to build our own platform our own stage our own kingdom and our own glory unless we stop messing up God's greater plan to try to build something with our own hand right here and right now that we can walk in that we can possess we've got to be selfless enough to get them to the place where they can possess the land because by the time we regain it we're not going to be able to stay in it this is going to be built for the next generation the only way a lasting kingdom can stand is when it's built selflessly and then handed to the next. Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 28 says, Observe and hear all these words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee, when thou doest that which is good and right in the sight of the Lord thy God. 
Faith, trust, and obedience brings blessings. It sets the stage for a grander story that will take place over generations, each one taking their part in it. However, unbelief, pride, and disobedience brings a curse. Proverbs 3 verse 33 says, The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. And we can see this exemplified in Ham's life versus Abraham's or Eli's life versus Phineas or Abiathar versus Zadok. So you might say today, I have no lineage of great faith. I have nothing to draw from. My, my friend, it can start with you today. Because even though the disobedience of our parents and grandparents can bring curses into the generations, generational curses, God made a way. Jesus paid the price to give us new life, to bring us into a new family, to graft us in that we might be recipients of those blessings. In Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 it says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made the curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. What spirit? You see, my friend, God sees family as spirit. This is why we saw generationally that once a person had allowed the enemy into their life, that evil spirit, it continued to propagate through his bloodline. This is why we are all born into inherited sin because of Adam's rebellion. He allowed that evil spirit in. Therefore, all of his children, which were born after him, were born with that evil spirit. We have to get a new spirit, a new heart. We need the spirit of the Lord that we might be grafted in to a new family, that we might be set free from the curses of the old. So there is hope for you. You can start anew. It doesn't matter what you've been through or where you're coming from. You need to cry out to Jesus because he is the deliverer and he is here to set us on the path of destiny. In Acts chapter 2 verse 38 it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be ye baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and unto your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. So today we pray, God, we pray to break the curses, the generational curses that are on our hearts, our homes, our family, and our lineages from the disobediences of our fathers and forefathers. We come out of agreement with it and we stand in agreement with the word and will of God. We call upon the name of Jesus because Jesus, you took the penalty. You became the curse that we might become the righteousness of God, that we might receive your spirit and be grafted into the blessings of faithful Abraham, that we might be part of God's family and receive the favor of that family, his power, his grace, his provision. God, we love you and we thank you for it. And we choose today to walk in it by 
faith. Therefore do we profess with our mouth what we believe in our heart, what it says in Romans 11 verse 16, for if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root be holy, so are the branches. So Jesus, if you are holy, then we can be holy too. If the Holy Spirit is holy and it is in us, then we can be holy too. By faith, we believe in the name of Jesus Christ, which means he shall save his people from their sins. And I believe it. Father, I trust you. I love you. By faith, I receive it and then walk in the power of your grace, which is favor power and divine influence to be led of your spirit that I might be called a daughter of God. Let us choose today to live selflessly and to grab hold of the reality that the best thing that we can do for our children is to trust, serve, and obey God, that they might walk in his blessings and provisions. Proverbs 20 chapter 7 says, The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Isaiah 44 verse 3 says, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground, and I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thy offspring. So my friend, believer, Christian, I am here to tell you today that it's not about you. It never was about you. We've got to ask for God's grace. We've got to seek him every day. We've got to be willing to pick up our cross and follow after him and do whatever it is that he has to say faithfully, selflessly, obediently knowing that even if I never receive any reward for it, I trust him that he is setting the stage for a greater glory for him and for my seed, for the generations that he is setting before me. I will lead them to the promised land. Even if I never possess it, I will set the stage for them to walk in and take it. And I will have faith that they are equipped and ready to possess it because I was willing to walk humbly before my God that they might receive the blessing. Let us each pray that and believe it and mean it because my friend, it's not about you. It never was about you. It's about God first and others second, which includes our own families and children. Because true Christianity is never about you. But in this one thing, I do assure you that if you tend to God and to others, then God and others will tend to you. Because when you are about your father's business, you can have peace and assurance that he will be about yours. God, we give you praise for this. We stand in faith on this. We set our face before you 
We set it as flint that the enemy not be able to bring opposition or offense, but we will walk in humble submission and lay the groundwork and do what needs to be done that we might leave a legacy for the next generation. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.